saying I like that more and more every time I hear it. Hi, welcome to another round of Ray's Boom Boom Room. I'm your host, Ray Mancini, here with my uh, ace corner man, cut man, <laughs> my, mighty, Mike case, mighty Mike Case. <laughs> and then we've got a very, very special guest today. I, one of the few shows I've been excited on, uh, excited about, I should say, for a long time. Probably since the the the, the, the was well, you brought Rick brought up because he heard the show when we, when we had the uh, alien abductors the sex alien abductors <laughs> that was interesting alien beings mating with the human beings you know it's, it, I, it's interesting anyhow that was kind of freaky was it that was a little freaky <laughs> when I clicked on that yeah. <laughs> anyhow um, talking about today Rick Perello my my guest is Rick Perello from Cleveland Ohio. <coughs> who is the best-selling author of four books now. One of them was made into a, a critically, critically acclaimed film several, uh, not, not about 20 years ago. Uh, uh, Kill the Irishman? Yeah. Was, no, it was 2011. Oh, okay. Oh, it, it, it seems like it about 10 years ago. It took 20 years ago. Because I remember, if I remember, it was about that time, 2000, I did my film here, that it was in development. It was in and, development, and I thought yeah. That it was going to get while, made, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it did get made. It did get yeah, made. Yeah. And um, uh, Rick, but let me get back. Former police, policeman, become a police chief. Right. Captain, chief, whatever, the first captain and chief. Well, thir- 30, and you, I had a 33-year <laughs> career on the police force, and my last 10 were as the police chief of my agency. Wow. That's, you know, and Rick wrote the books. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Now, he wrote a rec- his recent book. is called Bombs, Bullets, and Bribes, the true story of a notorious Jewish mobster, Alex Shonder Burns. Now, if you're from the Cleveland Youngstown area, Shonda Burns is, and you know that world a little bit, or you're interested in that world a bit, Shonda Burns is, 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 is legendary in that world, correct? I would say. Shonda yeah. Burns would be the Hyman Roth or Meyer Lansky mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, Mickey Cohen you know, <laughs> of, of the Cleveland Youngstown area, northeastern Ohio. And actually, you talk about how he met, he was friends and collaborated with Mickey Cohen on... Yeah, he was out in Los Angeles with Mickey Cohn. He was down in Miami with, with, with uh, Marlansky. Uh, 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 Fat, Fat Jaime from Pittsburgh, uh, uh, New York, uh, the, the well, families in New York, well, the Gambino family. Yeah, what people <coughs> people don't realize, we've talked about this often, Mike, how significant the Northeastern Ohio, Cleveland right. mob, but which has their tentacles in Youngstown, much like, we're the, you know, again, we've talked about Youngstown, Ohio, Great city, one of my, my you know, my, my city. It's my, my love, my hometown. But it's part of our history. You can't deny it. And when I did a, I did a documentary uh, about 10 years ago called Youngstown Still Standing, about a history of Youngstown, people, some people got upset because their family members were mentioned, you know, Raymond, my, my family, that has, hey, my job as a storyteller, me and Rick talked about it, as a storyteller, to tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That's that's what the, you do. The, the you truth tell, is the truth. The truth it? is the truth. You can't make it up. Right. It's got to be this whole story, not part of the story. And Young's is more than just being a mob town. Sure. We're there's great good city. news and there's bad news. Right. But that's part of our history. So we talk about that. And so uh, so when you, when you do the story, and, and Rick tells a very, you know, your books are tremendous. I've read the books. Uh, they're very colorful because, you know, you can't make up. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the fact is stranger than fiction. You can't make up stuff. 
you know, as good as what there is, mm-hmm. you know. And we've talked about what we're, we're going to talk about. But when when your book, the first book you wrote <clears throat> was The Sugar Wars. The Rise, the rise and Fall of Cleveland Mafia. Cleveland Mafia, Sugar yeah. Wars. Yeah. Corn, sugar, and blood. Yeah. The Sugar Wars. Let me right. just say that. All right, I'm but just it saying. It was actually about his family. Yeah. It was between the Pirellos and uh, the four Leonardo brothers, right? Seven <laughs> Pirello brothers, four Leonardo brothers. And his grandfather, yeah. your grandfather, was killed in that during yeah. that war. My grandfather and, and was killed, and three of my great uncles were killed. Well, well, tell us about how that got you writing. Well, they were they were mafia <laughs> families back then. The Leonardo brothers were the first uh, mafia family of Cleveland, Cleveland. and they what, era, uh, what years are we talking uh, about? After Prohibition okay. began, so early nineteen twenties, mid nineteen twenties, and they were friends with the the seven Pirello brothers. They they came from like out of Sicily together. They emigrated to the United States, settled settled in Cleveland, and they were friends. and And they made their money uh, wholesaling corn sugar. During Prohibition, when alcohol was illegal, and corn sugar was used to ferment into corn liquor. Yeah, that's how it you made very, it, right? It was very popular back mm-hmm. then. I think closest, I don't know a whole lot about liquor, but I think it's closest to bourbon. Which uh, I have. Yeah, and right behind you, here? as a matter of fact. <laughs> Bronze medalist. Here you go. Now, now can I cl- clarify a little bit? Let me, let, me, let me go back. My family's from Sicily. Rick's family uh, is it from Sicily, correct? Yes, my father's family. Yeah, my family, first time. And my family comes from the Casa de Mare, uh, Casa de Mare de Golfo, which is the area where the La Cosa Nostra started, hmm. that area. And my family's from uh, Village de Bagaria, pro, uh, province of Palermo, right outside of Palermo, you know, right outside. So that area is the Casa de Mare de Golfo is where the La Cosa Nostra started. And all these little towns up there, and, and, and when I tell people, correct me if I'm wrong, when La Costa Nostra started, it started for righteous reasons. Because <coughs> Sicily were, were peasants, were the slaves. You know, when it was a jail, basically. They turned a lot of the worst criminals, they did, and they sent them to Sicily, because huh. it was an island off of the bottom of Calabria, right, uh, south of the, of the mainland. And so it was, it was like Alcatraz, per se, let's say that. And so people went there, and then, you know, then different <laughs> people came from different parts of the country, because Sicily was overrun by the Moors. By the, the nomads, they've been overrun by uh, so many it's different. It's a long list. Yeah, so, uh, and it's close to a lot of. It's even close to Africa. So, it's close right, to Italy. Exactly. It's close to so, the village of my grandfather and most of Sicily, the, uh, the villages of Sicily are named are Arabic names. Our language is a different language. We don't speak I, like people. When I go to Italy, I speak to them. And they always say to me, and they tell me in Italian, "You don't speak Italian. You speak Sicilian, so speak English." Because it's not another dialect. There's forty. There's forty. Forty-one different dialetti in Italy. Sicilian is not one of them. It's a different language. Our words end in U, not A or O. End in U. The letter U. The letter U, mm-hmm. not O, like in masculino and feminine, and then U. But they do end. So, because it comes from our language, comes from Greek and Arabic, because that's who ran Sicily. And then it was up, and that was the only language spoken up to about 1200 until the Petronovan from Rome, the hierarchy said, These people are peasants and slaves. Why are we speaking our language? We got to speak our own. And they took it from Latin. Hmm. So, this is what I'm saying. So, Sicily has large influence on Italian culture for many, many years, but including the language. And, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's where that's why the culture of, of and so how the how La Cusina started was the people said, that you know, we were peasants, and then they were, just, you know, the people wouldn't give them, pay them what they said they would pay them the, the, from the mainland. People were starving in Sicily. 
finally they got together and said, hey, why are we getting the short end? We're those slaving in the fields. We're giving, and we're not even getting what we're supposed to get. We got to keep it amongst ourselves, keep it, make it our thing, which La Cosa Nostra literally means our thing. Hmm. And that's when people that, they say, when they come here, they want, they're going to have to fight us for it. And that's how the Cosa Nostra started for righteous reasons. They were stealing from the, from the Sicily, got to work in the, work in the lands, because that's a sea, sea town, you know, getting the fish, it's a pescatore area, and work in the fields and whatever. And giving it to them and, and weren't getting paid. So they said, well, screw you. You come and get it. I you think my, my take is they wanted to protect themselves from the corrupt government. The and corruption right, of, of, exactly. of the government. The Italian government. Because they were so, stealing. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's how it started. So that's why it means. But for like anything, it starts for righteous reasons. Once it gets brought to America, and even in Sicily at that time, yeah. you know, that's when that killing started. Because you come and get it. You're taking them home. Well, how do you go? You got to kill them mm -hmm. to stop. And so when they brought to when the immigrants came to America, a lot of them were, were, were made men over there. Came to America, they kept they did the same thing in the different <laughs> areas of New York. Same thing before the Irish came were before the Italians, the Irish gangs and Jewish gangs before the Irish. Yeah. So the Jewish mob, then there's the Irish mob. Now we got the Italian mob, and um, but that's how the whole thing started. But that's why our areas were the, actually the 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 micro. Microorganism of mm -hmm. La Cosa Nostra, th th which is now the modern And it's a mob. different story, but in New York there was a war in, in the 30s. It was called the War of the Castellamarese. Uh, Castellamarese. Ca yeah, yeah. yeah. Castellamarese War. Maranzano and uh, um, <sighs> Salvatore Maranzano and right. Gi uh, Giuseppe. And, uh, uh, <laughs> Masseria. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Masseria. But in Cleveland, it was, it was uh, you know, they made their money with corn sugar. And then, you know, make a long story short, there was uh, um, uh, a conflict that developed. And then pretty soon, the, the killings started. Uh, somebody in this, the Pirello crew, somebody in the Leonardo crew. And then pretty soon, uh, in, in, I think it was October of <coughs> 1927, what they call the Sugar War, which you were referring to, began when two of the Leonardo brothers, Big Joe, the boss, and his brother John, were killed. And they were killed in the Pirello barbershop in the, in the, the back room. It was kind of the Pirello business head. Uh, Headquarters. I think they cut some hair there too. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's how that's how it started. Uh, and then uh, when it was all said and done by 1932, when my grandfather was killed, the four of the seven Pirello brothers were dead, and three of the four Leonardo brothers were, were dead. And then the new, you know, the, the younger group, like we were talking, uh, that were more business oriented, began, and, and that was the Mayfield Road Mob and Frank Milano and Al Polizzi. In their Jewish partners, uh, Mo Dalitz, Kleinman, Rothkopf. Godfather of, of Las Vegas. Hmm. Mo Dalitz had the DI. The legitimate cool. Godfather. Well, well, that's what's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, they they started it with Bugsy Siegel and them yeah. coming out, but Mo Dalitz, they had him running anyway. Yeah. He was, uh, but then he became you know, a, a real estate developer. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah, yeah. After and I think it's ironic they called him the Godfather of Las Vegas because he literally was. Yeah. Because he ran for because he went out to run, shortly after they started building. The Flamingo, which was the original hotel. Yeah. I don't want him to original. But that's what the one that Bugsy Siegel got killed on because he was overspending the money. But they, they sent models out there because the, the Jewish mob, see, we were talking about the, the Jewish mob in America and the Italian mob rose together and they crossed over. And, and <laughs> you couldn't, now, 
and if you were in a Jewish mob, you weren't going to be made into the time mob, but why would you want to? You got your own thing. Mm-hmm. So they rose together as partners. And that's when Lucky Luciano and Marlansky made the, the, the organized crime or national syndicate. That's right. because the Jewish mob in Cleveland, when Mo Dallas is the uh, Lou, uh, uh, Lou Rothkopf. R- Rothkopf. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, who else? The, the Kleinman. Uh, yeah, there were there were four or five of them. Yeah, they're they're and, major and, guys, uh, major guys. Yeah. And then they they got into <laughs> gambling. You know, they went basically went legit. They were looking to to legitimize legitimize their uh, their um, investments. And but they also they wound up in Cuba, which is a, a, a part of the uh, story in bombs, bullets, and bribes about how. The, the, they needed to get on the right side of the Cuban Revolution so that they could maintain their um, their casinos because there were tons of money coming out of those casinos. And it, for a lot of people, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, for a, lot of, a lot of the American. But they type. went uh, first. They started in, in in Cleveland. Then when the law enforcement, when when things got too hot, they moved out into the uh, out, outlying uh, into the suburbs. Then into the outlying uh, counties. And then from there, they went down to Cincinnati, into Kentucky, and then um, fanned out west, like you mentioned, Las Vegas. And, Even Los Angeles, because uh, they Los Angeles. That, that Milano, Mickey, Mickey Milano, Cohn and Mickey uh, Cohn, Milano, yeah, uh, Milano, Milano yep. Yeah. Who's, who's the most <laughs> ruthless of the mobs, the Irish, the Jewish, or the um, Italians? I don't think it's between the, the ethnic group so much as you, you might look at some of the individual contracted killers or hitmen and some of them were were ruthless some of them rose to the level of almost being serial killers i mean they were very efficient well, and we'll talk about them but, but they had no problem with what they did but correct me if i'm wrong right you know the 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 the, the, the latino mobs now you know south oh Columbia, now you, you, the cartels what are you saying the mob but i thought you meant then well, or you now. now i meant then oh i'm sorry, um, okay, I'm yeah. sorry. but now <laughs> it's fine I'm too. now yeah. I'm, oh, okay I got yeah now it's there's uh, yeah, there's no I'm comparison right. because if they're if if they're they're looking to the, you know these gangs now uh, especially the uh, drug cartels they're drug looking to hit they're looking to hit Ray and they come in this room they'll take everybody, everybody out whereas the whereas the mob they didn't want that kind of heat they're looking to hit one guy they're gonna hit him and you say no lot. families and no fa- mm-hmm. women yeah. and children that was some unwritten rules or <laughs> unwritten rules, etiquette right. I guess but, but Rick, rules and they're talking about but they now, broke them too no it's one of the worst things is the the Jamaican mob Jamaican mob are the Forget it. Take it out. Families and old, yeah. you know. It's terrible. Yeah, they're they're done. Yeah, the whole drug yeah, thing. Yeah, but that's a whole different thing now. Is this whole windup? But at that time, you know, to answer your question, and you you know better than me. But I would think from just reading, I, it was a hobby. I've always read books. You know, when I used to get books of Babe Ruth and and, and Jim Thorpe, I used to get of El, El Capone and like Luciano. My mom thought, well, what is it? It was part of my history. It's not who I am. It's part of my. But I loved Dirty Modern Day Cowboys. Yeah, the Irish mob at that time were vicious. Yeah. The early, the early, you know, them vicious. They were vicious. I, I've heard uh, the, the mob <laughs> genre called the 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 new western. Yes, I heard this probably ten years ago. The modern day cowboys. Yeah. absolutely. And people are a lot of people. Not everybody. A lot of people are fascinated by those stories. Always is it? Well, let me ask you that. Then, hundred percent Italian. You're Italian. You're Italian. I always thought it'd be cool if my family was in the mafia we weren't it was a little disappointing actually that we weren't is it glamorous at all like it is in the movies or is it is that just a complete fabrication 
I, I th- for Especially those around here, for those who are inclined to think, think it's glamorous, then it's it's glamorous. For like the street it, industry, on the everyday it, it, life, you can notice on the street, so and so, so, but but that's no less. Shonda Burns had had restaurants. <coughs> he had nightclubs throughout his 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 career, mm-hmm. and they and they did well. And one of the reasons why is because the average Joe. If they're going out to eat or they're going out to eat and hear a, a, see a band or see a show, why not have a, a spicy host, too, that's over there is going to greet you at the door? And it's like, you know, look at look at that. There's there's Shonda Burns over there. You know, you know the story of John Gotti being out to eat and people people asking for his uh, oh, autograph. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. So if if, if, if people are inclined to uh, think it's glamorous, it, it, they're the ones who make it glamorous. Right, because a lot of the mob, look, in Youngstown back in the 60s, Vince De Niro had uh, Cicero's. That was his rest, That was his place. Probably a popular place, right? It was, up on Market yeah. But is it like when they come, you know, in the, in the movies they come in and they put a special table right up front, put the tablecloth oh, down, oh, sure. invite the guy over, have him sit down? To me, that's so cool. D- depending on how much money they spend and how much yeah. influence they have with the place, probably. Yeah. Right, for, right, for certain right. for certain guests. For, but, they, you know, but you know, they do Ray, that. they would probably do that they for did Ray. That well, they do it I, now, early, actually. They, I can't get a cup of coffee next <laughs> oh, door here now. Here we go. But back when I was fighting, I used to go in, when I was in Vegas. They they want you there. Uh-huh. They want you seeing your place. They, everything's on an arm because they wanted to see if celebrities there. At the time, I was, actually had a little heat on me. Now I can't get, you know. Like I said, can't get a cup of coffee. So anyhow, but at that time, so they want you there. They want you to be seen in their mm-hmm. joint, and uh, and that's so. The wise guys were the same thing. They were celebrities. They were, they were bigger than life. Is there, you you retired when, in April, and you started in you said eighty eighty six right? Yeah. Was there still, mob mafia on the east side of Cleveland then? Back then, sure, there was. Now they were coming out of the, you know, the, a lot of the dominoes had toppled uh, yeah. with the Danny Green murder, all the prosecutions, and then the drug war mm-hmm. that uh, resulted in, you know, many of the guys going to prison, uh, including Angelo Leonardo, mm-hmm. of course, became a, uh, eventually Inform- came out as a very, very high-ranking uh, informant, uh, uh, okay. the cooperating witness. That's the, it. He was a boss. He was about that. Yeah. You never heard of the boss. It was the literal yeah. Lechelon guys. Right. He was the, the first one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> before any of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And he wrote, wrote about that, and, but nobody knew. It was like, hey, we'll talk about Whitey Bulger. They didn't know he was, he, was a, he was a rat for years, but but they got his information for others. Allow him to do his thing, give us about the others. We won't bother you. Kind of, I'm sure, with Angelo Leonardo was similar. But you, you would think, they always whack guys. They get kill guys for if they're considered even being a rat, if, they, if, if it's even thought they're a rat. And these guys are the bosses and the rat and everyone else. It's just the culture change. It is. You know. It is. Before you still say was you had to slap a guy once to talk, twice to shut him up. Now you have to talk, you gotta stop slap him once and then you can't you have to keep slapping just to shut him up. You can't shut him up. You can't shut him up. <laughs> right. Right. Back then, the, 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 these guys really didn't want their kids. A lot of them didn't want their kids getting involved in that, so they sent them to school. We talked about no. some of the ones that became attorneys. You right, know, right. Uh, the, the sons or the nephews, and, and ironically went on to defend their fathers and uncles in, right. in, in, in court. So you were, you were losing that culture of, of young men who grew up on the streets. You know, and, and those tough, those tough, tough yeah. guys that maybe, maybe uh, boxed a little bit, or they were hanging out in street gangs, and, and uh, you, you lost that culture. And then at the same time, you had uh, much more success by the federal government, 
working in, in uh, task forces and collaborating at the local, state, and federal levels because these guys don't, they don't operate in one, uh, one jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. They cross jurisdictions, mm -hmm. so you needed to have that collaboration. And then you had laws coming out of the, the 70s, uh, anti-racketeering laws, wiretap laws, and, and uh, the witness security program, the witness protection, and, and all that came to bear uh, on, on, the, on the mob. And then pretty soon it was... Uh, who could make the best deal the quickest if they get uh, caught up? You know, my guys tell him, Rick, that one thing is when people are Youngstown, they don't understand how strong Youngstown is. Because, and I tell people, a lot of people, don't, you know, the Pizza Connection was a big heroin case out of New York in the mid-80s, late 70s, early 80s. Youngstown was a major player in that. Youngstown, because Youngstown was a major stopover. It went from New York to Youngstown, Youngstown to Miami, Youngstown to Vegas. Well, and I've, I've also heard that we're kind of right in between New York and Chicago. Right. Is that true, too? Said, right. Yes. And, th and that's Literally. what made Cleveland yes. so right. important Cleveland in the 30s and 40s and 50s. <coughs> would go that way, right? Yeah. Right. And, and in the same way, Youngstown is rough, roughly Pittsburgh. halfway between Cleveland, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Cleveland Pittsburgh, same way. So that's yeah. why Youngstown's a major stopover. And and why? Because both families were overseeing uh, seeing things, making sure. You know, that's why Youngstown, people don't realize and it's again it's part of our history it's not our whole history a lot of people like to think it's our history it's not is it still out there i i think it is you know the bigger the city i mean could they York ramp it up again you think do you think it could I, ever become I, I, I think that would be very difficult that'd be very difficult to get it where it once need, was you need you need government uh you need corruption within government and there there's been more Seems like uh, there's a lot of that well, well but there's been more of of, of, of of an outcry against that than there ever has and then you got all, everything that i just mentioned how you would get past that and, and look at every any any major criminal organized crime trial there there's a uh there's a cooperating witness from the inside right, always but you know what changed that you know what changed it rico rico changed the game the rico act Guys, before <coughs> I got guys I knew from that man, they get out of doing. A, guys, I knew come out doing eight years. They go, oh man, and they went and they go, and they try to hold up somebody for fifty. You know, like oh, I do that job, I do that fifty k. If I can make a quick fifty, I said you challenge, you you just got out. You, right, man, I could do five to ten years on my head. I could do that like I I gotta make a score. I gotta make a score. But when Rico came down, that now you they're meeting with him. And you did a crime, but he knew about it, but he, said, mm -hmm. he could go away for 25 years? Oh, hell no. I ain't doing that. Because I talked to you, and you know, yeah. and then two other guys he talked to said they're going to go with 15. So that's flipping it, guys it, now. It, it, it became a, a crime just to have a role in the, yeah. in the organization. <laughs> and then they had the uh, civil forfeitures. Now, uh, you know, I, I got a house maybe. Uh, and now they're going to take my house away. My and I got to worry about my family. Yeah. yeah. So there were just so many uh, tools and weapons that the government had. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. know that it could come back. But, no, but probably in the bigger cities, we're talking a little bit about Chicago and Chicago New York. Probably bigger there. Mm -hmm. Cleveland, maybe not so much. But there's always uh, young men that, that uh, you know, want to get into a lifestyle like they, that. They, it's a lifestyle. It's, a, like it's an flat. identity. But it's an identity. It is. And and you can if you get made you get you know nobody can touch you there. but it, you, nobody wants it. it's a life man it's a bad life it's a hard life you're always looking over your shoulder you don't know who is and who isn't why they get pissed off at you why not it, it's no life man and we talked about that <laughs> in the history you know it's very glamorized you know from movies like The Godfather and and, and you know uh, of course uh, Goodfellas and stuff like that very glamorized but most of the guys most of them 
are, 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 which is what I loved about Donnie Brasco. They're breaking over, they're breaking parking meters to get coins. That, that's, that's more like it. That's realistic. That's realistic. Because there's, now, if you ain't made, you get a trickle-down effect. Mm -hmm. You get, you get, I know so-and-so, I know so-and-so. I didn't know what's that. Oh, so-and-so, he's, he's so-and-so. Like, every time I go to a city or something, I meet so-and-so, you know, he knows so-and-so. I go, he knows him, so what? I know, yeah, I know people who knows, everybody knows somebody. That don't mean nothing. But when it's, well, it's a made guy. Well, that means, man, man, you can't do shit. You get whacked. You, if you show me any disrespect, they'll kill you on diamond. That's just, hmm. you know. And you know one, one of the ways that uh, Shonda Burns kept his crew loyal was if they got caught up, he always paid the attorney fees. It was kind of like a fringe benefit. They knew that they were going to have a legal defense, and he had attorneys who were very close to him. And, and uh, it's, it's consequently, he had, he had crew members that, that remained loyal for long periods of time until they got into they got into drugs because drugs were bringing them you know easier money than doing the enforcement strong arm work for him but well, well, why do you think he was so successful i mean what well, did, I don't know did he have he, a certain trait or was he just fall into it i, I think he li he was just working to live up to being the, uh, the reputation that, that had been built up by the newspapers. You know, the newspaper reporters are a big part. We talk about John Gotti, you know, and the publicity and, and signing autographs. And he and, loved it. And he loved it, which was, which was the <laughs> which antithesis of, of what they were supposed which to be was, doing. Right. Well, this is of what uh, Carlo Gambino was. Right. Of that same family. Right. Gambino, right. nobody heard him talk. But Shonda <laughs> Burns was the same way. He liked the publicity. He'd you know, sit down with reporters. He'd take them to lunch. He'd pay the bill. Mm -hmm. You know, and they and they loved him. So so uh, they they there was a lot of well, ink about him, and he, and he he built up this reputation. But, but it's funny you hear because you we just said Shana Burns liked it. But before, who's the greatest of all the Jewish mafia? Marlansky. Nobody ever heard him talk. He's very close to the Lucky Luciano. He's the original creator of the National Syndicate, National Mob. How it was created to from from like an army, a, a army down. You know the. The couple of regimes and the consigliere and the capos yeah. and the soldiers and he tried and to stay off the radar screen. <laughs> and he did. Yeah, it generally did. But he was the most powerful mob boss, as much powerful as Lucky Luciano was. But he was stayed off the radar. And nowadays, like if it, a lot of these guys can't get away from that man, they love it. That you know. Well, but it depends on what you're looking for. Like like Mike, you were just asking, is it, is it glamorous? Right. And I think for some of them, the the the, the attraction is more that that glamour and that identity as opposed to power and 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 money yeah. right you know there's an episode in in uh, business in uh in the sopranos where young christopher he wants to be made right. it's the only thing he wants to be made and he, he's never validated uh in that regard one day he, his mother calls him and said hey they mentioned you in the newspaper and he runs out and he Buys opens the, the machine but takes out the whole stack of newspapers starts handing them out he got he got validated and that's for, for for some of these guys. That's what they're they're looking for. For some of them, it's a little bit of everything. You know, mm -hmm. they want the power, they want the control, they want to be validated, they want to be part of that group. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it just uh, you know it just depends on on their their own uh, their own personality. Yeah, I think it shows that, especially remember in in, uh, in uh, Goodfellas when uh, Tommy. Joe Pidgey's character doesn't get straightened out. Oh, yeah. And they it's going to be a big, big day for him, right? Big day for him. But because of something he did years ago, whacked it, you know, yeah, it was a beefy made, made, and the guy was made. And he didn't know that. Or he didn't know that. Probably didn't care. Yeah. But it was a guy was just, it was a made guy. He wasn't made yet. And he had this thing with beef with this guy. Killed him. <laughs> because he was made, he had to go. So he set up like he was going to get straightened out. Mm -hmm. Like, like, um, 
people have talked to, I've you know, read I've friends of mine who've in that life talked about times that when they got straightened out, they went in, but they, but a lot of times they knew they, were, they got people who got straightened out, people got called, and if you get called in, not, not to be made, so you got you get a call. If you get a call, you got to go. And you're like, well, I'm busy. I can't talk. You got to go or you're dead or I'm So you got no matter what, no matter where you're at, whatever, you got to go. And even if you think it's bad, good, or different, you don't know. And some people, you know, like in Montana, Nebraska, when Sonny, uh, when Michael uh, Al Pacino's character, Sonny Black, gives his jewelry to everybody, little money. Right, right. Because, you know, and, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And he didn't come back. Because a lot of guys, you can call, you one of two days, you're going to get, when there's a sit down and you get called in, when you're going to get, you're going to get squared away, come, you ain't coming back. You know, and and really, or, or it, it's squashed, and you and and you know you have the squashed. You know, it's, you're going to be you found not guilty. You're guilty, not guilty, or it gets squashed. That's the three things happen when you have a sit down. So a lot of these guys don't know. You know, they don't know if they come back, and that's why you. It, this is the truth. So when a lot of these guys when come and, and you hear the stories of these guys, it's 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 that's it's pretty traumatic, man. If you hear the stories, the guys yeah, don't know if yeah. they're gonna come back, but you gotta go if you choose that life. But if you get made, mm-hmm. you get straight out. You got powers you you can't describe. I've got a, a, a description in the book of a of a guy getting made. It's actually Angelo Leonardo's testimony. You know, after he you know, went to work, after he flipped, uh-huh. and uh, what it's, it's like interesting to get to made. Is yeah, that what you mean? It's, it's like a half a page or page maybe describing. What it's like walking in that room. They got a dagger and a book <laughs> on the table. And they got the the uh, picture of a saint, saint on a card and, and all that. Hand. And you swear allegiance. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's very much like it's portrayed in in many of the the movies. movies. Yeah. What um, a lot of people. I'm I'm sure people. You got to write a book. You got to write, and you did. And you got to write a book. Well, and you got to write a book. No, but no, no. You but let me clarify. I did. I the book was written about me. I didn't go. That they came to me. Okay. They said you got it, and after thirty years, people said you got a book. And I go, no, who cares? I mean, I was twenty-four when they first brought right. me. I said I ain't even lived the life. After I li- then I was approached about, you know, twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, who cares now? Right. So, but when so it, I guess that's it, my that's question. What I'm Everybody I, says that they think they what got a life. What made you take the leap and actually do it? The first book? Yeah, let's just say the first it, time around. It started from researching. We are talking family? about my grandfather being killed. Yeah. You know, I wanted to know what happened. But still, you got to yeah. sit down and you got to write. That too. I mean, it's a lot of work. I, I think I got to the point after looking uh, uh, in the, in the uh, library, the wonderful public library. Uh, I'm always thankful to the libraries. The, the uh, microfilm for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. In, in in looking up and finding, it wasn't a little article on page three. It was a headline on page one. It was the lead headline about the you know Raymond Perello being murdered, his brother, their bodyguard being killed, and, and and the more I followed up with that research, the more I saw that it was a huge story and it needed to be told. And something uh, just told me, uh, I, I just said to myself, I got to write this book, and I started working. But it took nine years, Mike. It, it, well, that's a, it, my it next question. Yeah, it took a long time. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, uh, a you don't work writer. fast. Yeah, I don't. I do not because work fast. Because it just there was just so much to do, or because you didn't. Get well, then I just like got hired as a cop too, so I wasn't yeah. writing full. So you were writing yeah, during you know, while you yeah. were a police officer. Yes. Well, at home. Yeah. Well, like I retired in April. I told Ray I just uh, finished co-writing my first screenplay. We finished it in a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and not that that's that fast, but that's that's a major project done in a year mm-hmm. compared to nine years. Uh, well, my my guy, I hate to tell Rick. I, I heard he was retired five years. He just didn't know it. 
Is that true? <laughs> just kicking back at the desk, not doing shit? <laughs> I'm working every day. I'm write, writing every day. Uh, maybe not eight to four, but I'm working every day. That's the job of a writer. You know, you always hear me say it. Writers write. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. But you weren't a writer. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you are now. But yes, were you, I mean, were you an no, English no, I major? Wasn't, no, I wasn't an English major. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a hobby writing. I think it was just because there was a family connection, uh-huh. you know. And I knew. I just knew something told me this is huge. And I think it was the big, the big headlines that, that said this is a huge story. This is about the beginning of the mafia in Cleveland. And I'm going to write this story. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know how to write. I went to some classes and uh, went to some coaching seminars, and and they talked about outlining and. And uh, it, it took a long time. It took nine years, but it didn't take me nine years to write my second book, mm. you know, or my third book. It took maybe half that time. Why would you do the second one? Just because you found a good story? It or? was another good story, and actually it had been uh, recommended that I write that story about Danny Green first. It somebody was, told you that? Somebody, uh, a cop friend, said, why don't you write about Danny Green first? I said, no, I want to write about my family first. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the, the, the end of The Rise and Fall of the Cleveland Mafia talks about Danny Green so it was almost like a sequel, sequel. Just almost right like a sequel yeah blends yeah together. a lot of the a lot of the research overlapped mm-hmm. and, well, then, and then I had a little bit of, of, of success you know how's it uh, become a regionally movie? How, how like after you write a book how's it do you shop it or do people come well, you to you can or people may come to you in this case somebody came to me before it was even on the shelf actually two people came to me the producer who who actually was the one who shepherded it through to become a film that was Tommy Reed but mm-hmm. then there was also interest from a guy who uh, had been in Cleveland and Collinwood and went out west I think he was in the real estate business but he wanted to make movies mm-hmm. and then uh, I I, um, I had the deal and I got the the <laughs> services of an, of an agent Peter Miller and he said alright this one you could throw out because from the language and you know contracts from the language you could tell that this you guy really didn't know not what he's talking about. No. This guy knows what he knows the business, and we just got to do some negotiating. And um, and that's that was 1997, and, and the book uh, came out on the shelf in 1998. Mm-hmm. So, do you when you sign these things, are you then are you done? Like they can make it anything they want, or do you pretty, pretty much? We, 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 we were just talking about, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, did that happen? Yeah. A lot of people don't change? realize it. Yes, it, it did. You know, I had nothing to do with the screenplay. I didn't have any rights to, to uh, approve anything. Well, it, it, yes and no, because when, when, when all was said and done and the film got made, I felt I was blessed. You know, the film got made. I'm a, here's a Based local or by him, regional, sure. regional author. Sure. I'm getting credit for it. Uh, but would I have liked to have done, done mm-hmm. some things differently? Yeah. Well, sure. But Would you do it differently? I mean, can I, you do I, it differently I, I, now that you have a bigger... Well, now I'm, now I'm writing the screenplay. So you can do it how you want to do it. Well, to a degree. But here's the thing. Well, more, I, more, more, I can. And, I, mm-hmm. and as I told, well, I told Rick, I said, here's the th- rub on that. People say, when you have a studio buys, buys the rights, they can make it whatever they want. That's they my buy, question. They bought the rights. You got yeah. to make whatever they want. If they're going to do it, they like the book, they're going to stick. They want to be something spread. They could be close to the book. They should stick to that. But like, I know friends of mine like who got had movies made about them or their life. And people go, did you like the movie? They go, it was somebody's life. It wasn't mine, but it was somebody. Yeah. You know, that, that happens. <laughs> and I know a friend of mine who sold the script, who had a script to at, at, at Fox, and he was a consultant. He says, what are you, crazy? You can't write this. It'll get me killed. He said, I get, and, and he killed the deal. Because he said, this, you put this out, this will get me killed. So <laughs> those things happen. 
what happened? But, but Rick, now Rick wants to control, which as you should. He's mm-hmm. written f- uh, four books now. You want to control the narrative. He wants to write the screenplay. The rub on that is getting money put up with a, with a guy who hasn't written a screenplay before. R- best-selling, he's been a best-selling author. Guys who write, f- you know, for books, writing for stage, writing for film are two different things. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different name. And if you ain't got a name, it's hard to get people attached. Attract Could, to do you think you could have, looking yeah. back, charged more? For that book, the the Irishman book, they end up becoming such a successful <laughs> charge movie. more for when for you get the, when you the got the paid for the right. Yeah, um, or were you I, at the? I don't no, think no, so. I think were you I in did, a spot where you just I had think to take I did pretty out. well. I was happy with uh, <laughs> with, with with yeah. yeah I was yeah. happy with but that. But ended up being and, very and successful. My manager, it wasn't the first. It wasn't the first offer. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, there was negotiation that went on, and that I, I credit having a good, uh, good manager. You know, Peter Miller. He, that, you know, and that's their job. That's what they they do. They right. try and get the most mm-hmm. and, and get the, uh, you know, the provision is uh, in your in your favor. But it's a it's a back and forth. I was I was happy about that. Could you did you get to go to the movie set and stuff? Too? I, I I did. Uh, it was in Detroit, mm-hmm. and that was a whole other thing because Ohio did not have the film tax, tax credit rebate that, that tax, credit right. that they now we do that they had. Well. So shut it. Detroit that upset a lot of people too. Of course, but yeah. you can't. It's business. That's the business, yeah. right? It, but it's Detroit. You know, we talked about things. We were talking about some of the things I got in Hopper. Do it, but it's Youngstown for Youngstown. But I'm not going to disrespect my town. But I'm going to tell the story. You got to tell the story the way it is. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, and the yeah, That's the story. That's part of our history. It's not yeah. all our history. It's some of our history. Yeah. But it's. I, I get bad rapped about about uh, the, the the movie, and I got to say, it, it's the Hollywood version of the story. The story yeah. I get it that your 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 relative was not killed. He died in prison. I get those little things right. like that. But I didn't have any control over were you, that. You know? When you went, were you a big shot though? I mean, were, uh, were they like, "This is the guy that wrote this thing"? I, I got to did sit. You meet in, any I got actors? to sit, sit in one of the chairs, but it wasn't mine. <laughs> so, yeah. So if anybody came, uh, you whatever chair it was, I was going to have to get up. <laughs> did you? you no, they treated me very nicely on the set. It, it was great. Any was actors? Code Entertainment. Oh, I met uh, many of the actors, not all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. I got a picture with uh, uh, t- uh, Tony Darrow, Vincent uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, uh, I mean, you had yeah. to be thinking these guys are. They're in my... Oh, it was the coolest thing to see those those stories that had been adapted to the screenplay coming to life. Uh-huh. They were blowing up a lot of stuff during that week that I was there. So uh, um, a lot of it was, was... And I had never been on a movie set before. A lot of it was setting up. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they'd take an hour and a half, two hours, three hours to set up. And then they 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 do the shot and it'd be done in thirty seconds. Hmm. So and I had my, my my son and daughter with me and they were they were they were young. Yeah, I don't know, well, like they uh, get, uh, nine and uh, twelve Bored, or something silly, like that. And, right? Uh, yes, yes. There's filming going all, all on over here and they're on the sidewalk playing with somebody's dog. You know. Right. <laughs> right. But it was it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. It, re- yeah. it really was. It was I'm, a good I'm, film. I'm it was a good film. It was a good film. I watched yeah. it. It was a good Would, film. If you do this next one, do you think you can do it in Cleveland? Or I, I around know, but, here, but this, you know, I'm working. Not uh, this one, the, the third one, the one you were you're saying. Well, that's in production that's now. out of my hands too. Oh, okay, that's out of my hands. Yeah, that's in development. I think they have plans to film in Cleveland. Well, wouldn't you? But this, I'm working on as a as a made for cable series oh. with with my co-writer. We, we talk about Danielle yeah. uh, Danielle Alberico. We're we're working on a pilot now, and uh, uh, we're we're very very excited about it. Yeah. Why do you think there? There's a million mafia stories. Why are they picking yours? You think? Well, why, why, why are they so fascinated I, I'm with picking, what you're doing? I, I'm pick, well. I think because I I I I have developed a knack for picking good stories. 
picking the best stories out of the good stories. There are a lot, but like you were talking about, Ray, there has to be a hook. There has that's to be really a character that's bigger than life. Well, mm -hmm. Danny Green was bigger than life. Yeah. Chandra Burns was bigger than life. You know, yeah. uh, somebody asked me, I do presentations. It's been a nice sideline. We get the slides in the back, you know, the mobsters and the mugshots and the murder scenes and all that. And somebody asked me, how come you've never written a book about John Scalish? Now, John Scalish was a very powerful figure for a long period of time, several <coughs> decades. He, he was, was the mob, mob boss. boss. He was a mob <laughs> boss in for, Cleveland. For years. But he, he was one of the smart guys that stayed off the radar no, 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 screen. That's right. So he We're wasn't bigger character. than life. Well, so know, there's not no, really no, a, story a story there. We've talked about it. Mm -hmm. Because people say, oh, Carlo Gambino, right? Why is the number? Carlo Gambino, this guy's who, I know guys in his crew, used to say, when he, you never heard him talk. You never, there's never, on no tape ever. He'll, he'd say, if they talk about a guy had to go, he'd look and go. Not, he's not he a saint. Not. <laughs> that's he it. Not. <laughs> Meaning yes. Yeah. If they talk about he's just looking. That's it. Tony Ricardo, who was the boss of Chicago. I got guys, Saying, oh man, I have a guy who's saying, hey, we get some story, we get Tony Carter's story. What do you think? I go, why? I, go, I said, as far as I know, I don't know everything, but I know pretty much a lot about it. And I have friends of mine in Chicago and mm -hmm. who are closer to it. I said, do you ever hear him talk? They go, oh no, he only talked to two people, which is true. It was uh, Joey Aupa and Jackie Cerrone, who was the one and two men as his first underboss in you know, Consigliere. What's the hook? Cause you never heard him on anything. Well, he was supposed to be one of the guys in, in Capone's gang during the Valentine's Day's massacre. I said, okay, and? Well, there's no story. There's no hook. Mm -hmm. So how can you tell a two-hour story? But right. you got to tell a story in an hour and 30 minutes, you know, an hour and 40 minutes. Who's going to sit down and watch that? It, it, and the other thing, Mike, about the Chandra Burns story, is it, it, one of the, the, the words today you hear a lot about, diversity. This story, there's... A lot of diversity as far as organized crime. You had a little bit of that in Youngstown too, but the whole backdrop are the black numbers operators, guys like yeah. Virgil Ogletree, Don King. King I think you probably yeah. heard of that yeah. name, oh, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and and, uh, and and the whole the whole numbers. Who's the number one? Who's the first guy? Because I read that there's four or five guys in there you have in there who are the policy kings. Well, it goes back to the 20s yeah, and 30s. Yeah, but who's the first uh, guy who ran with uh, big name? Or the oh. first one you who was the first that you yeah, said? I can't think of the guy's uh, <laughs> name off the top of my <laughs> head, but uh, but they were almost all of them oh, yeah, were, yeah. Were, were were black. Um, yeah, uh, the pictures probably yeah. in the in the front there, uh, but but they they started off in the twenties and thirties, and then the mob, the Mayfield Road mob, moved in on them mm -hmm. and was taking a percentage for a while, and that was policy. And policy is the little the little balls. Uh, the, the Rufus Jones and Rufus Buster, Jones Math was, yeah. Buster Matthews. Yeah, Buster Matthews. Those were the first uh, two. two big ones. Um, uh, but but policy was the first type of game, uh, and it used little balls. But it, it it was prone to cheating. You could cheat very easily when you put those balls in that bag and, and shake them up. What they would do is what they would heat the balls they would freeze the balls that they wanted the puller to take out mm -hmm. see depending so, on how many people bet certain numbers they would know that ahead of time if they had too much money on mm -hmm. certain numbers they didn't want those numbers to be pulled so they'd freeze the balls they'd heat them they'd shave them concave or convex and they'd have a second set of balls and and, and they'd rig the game basically so that the, the the numbers that were played the most did not get picked mm -hmm. and that's when the so clearinghouse the came it. What's that? So, so the, the house, house right? The house wins by by cheating. Right. But then uh, that led to the, the rise of clearing house. Now what's that? What is that? What did, clearing house w w was the lottery, basically the illegal lottery. It, it was a three digit number, 
And, and in Cleveland, they used, during the most popular period of time, they used stock market figures. It was the... Uh, Last the last that day? The adva- day yes, the daily figures. The advances, the declined the declines and the unchanged and they'd line them up in a column it'd be nine one three that's your winning number for the day nine one three mm-hmm. in chicago we, we talked about chicago i think they used horse race results you know so there were different ways of doing it but almost impossible to cheat you know so that became much more popular and that's something that you know don king as a younger man was doing yeah. virgil ogletree yeah. uh, and uh, benny, benny mason that's who I, that's the name i was trying to remember that was, yeah. is he the first he, 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 he was a real big like the Cleveland's first, first policy. major policy operator yes yes but then yeah. you have notable earliest and most notable but policy was rufus jones and buster matthews yeah but there were a few benny, of them they had different but then games benny, J- benny mason probably proceeded you know became after him and then became well, he, he operated it like a business, you know, he mm. had, and he paid his taxes, too. That was a big thing, you know. I or think like, we, like we might have mentioned Al Capone said, before. Remember you know. Frank Costello, when he got him on things, they asked him that Bobby got him thing, Frank Costello, and, and Frank Costello was considered, you know, the prime minister organized tribe, and Bobby Bobby Kennedy's grand name, grand name goes, uh, I pay my tax. I pay my tax. Right, That's right, it. right. That. It's a funny sign because he said, what do you think you've done as an American citizen? What do you think you contribute to the American society? Uh, I pay my tax. <laughs> that is a funny and, that, and that probably kept That's him funny. out of trouble federally, at least mm-hmm. with the IRS. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. not the FBI, but, right, right. you know, guys like Shonda Burns, uh, Al Capone, <laughs> of Al course. Al Capone went away. They, they, big they, as he was, a strong one. Right. IRS. Taxes were a big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, income taxes was one of the ways <laughs> they get them. they take their car. They'd... Uh, you know, uh, they, they couldn't own property. They couldn't have a legitimate job because they'd attach their wages. And uh, th- those are challenges that, that a lot of the guys, including Shonda Burns, uh, had to deal with through the decades. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that your background in police work helps write the books? I think they complemented each other, Mike. That's an interesting question I've been asked before. I think that having been a cop made me a better writer and having been a writer and sitting down and interviewing people made me a better cop made me a better investigator Mm -hmm. um so i think they kind of complemented each other yeah yeah because you guys are filling out reports all the time right and interviewing people all the time you're always talking to somebody or documenting something right as soon as you get a call even if it's just it's going to be a log entries everything is always getting documented and then more and more you know you need reports for everything you know, you go on a call and you're there more than a few minutes or it's something significant, you're going to wind up writing a report. might not be a long report, but you're going to have to write a report. Is it is it rare that someone who has ties to the mafia back when turns into a police officer? Yeah, next question, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's rare, isn't no, it? You know, no, no. Or does well, it happen more than I think? It's, it's funny. Uh, it, it had been... I'm not going to get whacked. It had I? been decades. <laughs> it had been decades since my family had uh-huh. been involved in organized crime so it wasn't really a concern there were some jokes that would be made here and there but it really as far as like my background investigation i mean the the Pirellos were out of organized crime after we got out of the 1930s i was born in the 60s so mm-hmm. so did anyone put it together that you were related to those folks did anyone well, even I think, think of they, that i think they knew yeah, yeah yeah um yeah you had that i don't want to say Stigma, you know, but, well, but sure, it would be, it would be, I would think so. Well, I had a friend of mine in New York whose family was uh, organized a Gambino family, and and he was an active cop. Mm. That gets sticky. I know who you're talking yeah. about. That gets sticky. or even the other way around. 
you know, you don't see someone from the, you know, the a federal agent turning his grandson turning into organized crime usually either, you know. So well, I just probably wanted, not usually. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Right. So I mean, it, it, it gets sticky. I'm sure you know, especially yeah, uh, because they don't want no. You know, look, the federal government now they don't want no headaches for nothing. And you want if it's going after organized crime, one thing to have a family member on the pay, on the on the police departments and that that'd be a headache. That would be cause people problems. I would think so. Yeah. Well, their their invest their background investigations are even you know. Uh, uh, much deeper than, you know, working for a local agency. Uh, you know, you have pages and pages and, you know, relatives. One of my favorite lines in um, Godfather 2 is Michael Corleone sitting on the stand and he tells us, talking about his family and being a, he's a war hero, this and that. And, and they say, you, your, your family did this, your family did that. And he looks up, he says, he says, he says, he said, uh, "Come on, sir." He says, "We're both, we're both part of the same hypocrisy." That's a great line, but mm -hmm. it's the truth. Yeah, there, there's the a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Do you of, yeah. of of your four books, which which is the best read? You think? Are you a way oh, better babies, writer? Tenders, babies, man, are on. you a way better writer T now? I mean, have you evolved? It's tough or? for me to not say this current book, Vamos Bullets and Bribes, but. Yes, I am a better writer now than I was in the beginning. I see it. I see it developing. Uh, you just learn more. Yeah. You, know, you work with editors. Yeah. You learn from them. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've had some great editors I'd work with. And I read all four uh, books. Well, yeah. I mean, three books. Three. I'm in the midst of writing. Are you, are you the most proud of the first one, though? Uh, well, there's a certain kind of affection I have for that first one because it was about my family. Yeah. And because it took nine years of my life to get that but book out finally. But uh, Kill the Irishman, been the naturally, that, well, I'd have to say Kill the Irishman. Irishman it was adapted for film. I mean, sure. yeah, uh, Christopher I, I, Walken was in it. it oh, what a, what a great uh, yeah, ensemble yeah, cast. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Val Kilmer, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, was that good cast? Uh, cast. Uh, Linda Cardellini. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, and some of the actors from... Uh, uh, some of the famous mob movies and The Sopranos, Vinnie Vella. Vinnie Vinnie Vinnie. Vinnie. I know, I know Vinnie very well. Passed a. Uh, oh, did he fair, pass away? Yeah, just pretty oh, recently. I didn't know that. Yeah. Vinnie Vella. Yeah. Vinnie Vella's a guy. He was a character actor, but he was you know he was a typical you know right out of Central Casting, mm -hmm. hanging down on Mulberry Street. We go. He always had his picture. You know, Vinnie, I signed picture for you. Even if you don't ask, it, he's giving it to you. You know. You know, <laughs> on the back, Sopranos actor. You know. Yeah. Guys, guys, been making a living off of that. For, I mean, when guys they try to live off of that for a long yeah. time. Mike Mike Starr. Mike, so I know Mike. Mike's, um, Mike's a friend. Tony Darrow. If you know Tony Darrow, he. Uh, I heard so that. so that how name. exciting that was for me to be on yeah. there and, and see these guys uh, bringing these bringing these scenes to to life. It was a very exciting time for me. Do you um, when people are writing fiction, like sometimes they go away and get away from everything so they can just clear right. their head yeah, and write. Ways. You have facts and stuff, so it may be a little bit different. But do you do anything? So that you don't get a writer's block, or do you, you know what I'm saying? You when know, you're writing, I, I, I'm not smart, or I should say, I'm not disciplined enough to have a routine like the experts say you should. If you if you have to be up at seven o'clock, then you set your clock for for five thirty, and you write for ninety minutes. I was never able to do that. You know, I rotated shifts, and and actually that's an excuse. I just didn't have the discipline to do that. So I write whenever I can. But what I've been doing now is is uh, you know, if the family's not home uh, i might be in the office writing but more often than not I'm, I'm going to a coffee shop i'm going to a panera 
getting a cup of coffee. I'm sitting down and finding a quiet corner, and I'm sitting there for two hours. And, and uh, like you see the kids, the young kids that are at Starbucks. That are yeah. stu- oh, they're there all, all day. They're all day. But you always see writers that are you saw it in L.A. You see it here yeah. in Youngstown. I mean, you ask know, people on business, and it's it's the best office without having to have one office. Right. Yeah, yeah. Stay there. I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat lunch. I get yeah. the, the yeah. I start with a coffee. I'll eat lunch, and then uh, not dessert. Don't say it, Ray. I want to have dessert. No, I get I, I get an <laughs> no, iced tea. Oh, for me. No. He makes fun of me. <laughs> oh, I, I get I get it. I'll yeah. buy, I buy an iced tea, and then, you know, that'll last me another but hour. But that's how the coffee shops started. That was the reason for the coffee shops. And when they started back in the 70s in Seattle, North Northwest uh, America, now it's what the Starbucks has become yeah. known for. They're, they're sitting places, mm-hmm. meeting places. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, a, it's the best office without having to have one. I know our, our time's probably getting short, but yeah. do you, is there something next that you already have in your mind now that this is out? <laughs> Book-wise or yeah. project-wise? Uh, okay, let's go project-wise. Well, project-wise is, is the screenplay I was telling Ray about that, that mm-hmm. um, my co-writer and I wrote about my life. It's basically the story of an 18-year-old drummer who suddenly finds himself working See, so we didn't even for talk a major about entertainer. We're going to that. Okay. Gonna go back. Go ahead. So, so that's so going to be no, working that's for the project. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then he leaves <coughs> the top of the music industry to become a cop. So that's done. We're just Were you starting at the, the top of the music industry? I was working for Sammy Davis Jr. You tell me. That's yeah. pretty close. That's <laughs> pretty close. Drummer for yeah. Sammy Davis is a group so, band. Yeah, yeah, two and a half years. And, and then how I about followed my brother. My brother Ray w- w- was his drummer for six or seven years. Yeah. When he left, they auditioned me. I went on the road for two and a half years, left to become a cop, and that's basically the the story. You know, based on it's a based, based on, on story. Right. So there's See? you know there's uh, some 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 uh, freedom that we've taken. And then and the other project, like I said, uh, we're working on a series. Yeah. A uh, 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 cable series. Um, about the Chandra Burns story. No so other book, though? You got another book in mind? Not not at the moment. Not in the, at the moment. Okay. See, no. I well, let's I would get back to the same I, I, I would love if Rick, Rick would wrote my book, but he never came to me. But uh, He didn't come to you. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> yeah, it was he a little, ran, ran, little ran, There's got to be a sequel. He was an interesting one. No, he was He's a Raider. I remember he's a Raider. no story. I heard about it. There's no story. I would have never said that. He's trying to make me feel bad. How? So you've hung with Sammy Davis Jr.? Well, I worked for him. I mean, yeah. I mean, years travel. He traveled internationally. What's he uh, like? He was wonderful. I mean, uh, Ray, you, you, were, you, you know, saw you know. him. I, I Entertainer-wise. Yeah. The greatest show, bar none, I ever saw in the hall in Vegas. Yeah. And all, everyone, <coughs> I've seen Frank Sinatra. Great show. Don't get me wrong. I've seen uh, El Martino. I've seen uh, Tony Bennett. I've seen him. The big name players out there, you know, by far. But he was the best show ever because he was a triple threat. He told jokes, mm-hmm. funny. He did a four, quadruple threat. More, yeah. Told, did impressions. You see him do yeah, impressions, yeah. sing, dance. Oh, 50. And he played instruments. Play, he played, played drums, instruments. Drums. Yeah. He'd played sometimes <laughs> come out and play, play the drums. And, and <laughs> Nice uh, guy, though? Nice guy. Always, everybody always ball busting about something. Oh, you know, yeah. Teasing me because I was the youngest. Uh-huh. I, was, I was 18. Do you have a name for you? It, uh, for for a while, it was a new boy. New boy, <laughs> yeah, new sense. boy. I yeah. like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. new well, boy. I like that. But you know what's funny? And Utah, I met Sammy. Sam Davis is about five foot two, uh-huh. and about buck ten. He ain't much heavier than a buck ten. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, no. Okay. His ring is way more than him. He was this big, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, and, and but every and he always, you know, he's married to May Britt for my Britt, yeah, for while, years, yeah. yeah. Um, all the white women loved him, and I, I get it. He was Isn't it amazing something. that voice came out of that body? Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> like he started startling. really doing Im, Im, uh, impressions when he sung. They were impressions of other singers, and then someone suggested that he try it, you know, straight exactly. singing, and he, that's how his singing career took off. He started as a young boy. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was two a years old, three tap, years old. It was his brother, tap dancer. He was, what do they call him? There's, there's a... The Will Master, the Will Maston Trio. Yes, but... Yeah, the, there's his a, father there's, and uncle. You know, there, there's a... Uh, there's a term, you know, type of... Like out on the street to make money, that yeah, kind? No, he, he tap dance, he did all that. Man, he was talented, man, from the get-go. Talented as they come. Why'd you ever leave that? Or was You're he talking done? about vaudeville. Is that what you were going to no, say? No, no, no. But I'm, there's a name. They, they, call, they call these guys who... Do, I'm trying to... Think, I'll take it a word, but there's a term. Why did I leave? Yeah. To become a cop. Well, yeah, but... It's some, it seemed more attractive. That seems like a terrible idea, by the way. Why? Going down and trying to shoot him up, run him down, shoot him up was much more attractive than being with Sammy Davis Jr. on the road. glamorous. You're in the glamour. This is not the first time that I ever heard that, Mike. This is not the first time I heard that. so why? I heard that a lot back then because I, in my heart, the drive was that I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to be become a cop. I had an interest. Be a good guy, in man. Get the work. bad guys off the street. Well, why yeah, not? Why? Yeah, that's, that's it. Because protecting the <laughs> protect protect serve society was more important than entertaining <coughs> them. But I had the interest in police work prior to going on the road mm -hmm. and becoming, uh, you know, a, a traveling drummer with a major entertainer. And then I had a cousin, and that's part of the story too. Part of the screenplay. I had a cousin who became a cop when I was a teenager, and that further cemented my uh my interest yeah it was kind of, it was a bizarre career transition and that's why we think we we have a really good um screenplay do you know who's gonna play you no we haven't, haven't finished the screenplay well, yeah, no the screenplay's mind. done he might have his mind right you don't have anybody people, in your mind at all? I, I i i don't i, I, I don't play even Sammy. think and i'm not real good with the um, plus there's so many good young actors, actors now actresses. young yeah. actors now because you want you to play him as a young man yeah and age you know he's going to need drum lessons probably oh it's got he's got to do his own stunts hey kid did it for uh when he did the movie whiplash whiplash right he did it you know he did it yeah and this is kind of a whiplash or an almost famous type story mm -hmm. this is a uh, screenplay for a movie not a series screenplay for a movie yeah do you oh, know what it'll be called the word i was trying to think of flapper oh yeah yeah because they tap dance and all that. they're yeah. flappers back that's it do you have a name for it yet a name for the screenplay on the road with sammy it's just our working, our working, working title for now. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it. Let's. I, I, you know what? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. Tuesdays, Tuesdays, Tuesdays with Maury became <laughs> yeah. a movie. That, that both ends pretty good. Tuesday morning, uh, on the road with Sam. Why not? You know, it's, it's, I like it. Because he didn't go no. on the road. He was probably in the same place all the time. Was <laughs> no, he on the road? All over bouncing around. Man, Vegas, Lake Tahoe, uh, Atlantic City. Uh, awesome. South America, Europe. Um, Do you have like a private jet? Did you guys go on your private? No, I, he may have from time to time, but generally we were taking commercial flights. Of course, he he if we if we happened to be on the same flight, he'd be in first go class. Ahead. Probably we'd be back in coach, but it, it was okay. And and on rare occasion, we also would be on a bus. Get on Florida. the bus, Gus. Yeah. Uh, Forget Florida. about us. <laughs> we were in Florida for uh, four or five different cities. You know, like just a couple did nights did here and there. Yeah. We were, did we were a bus on a tour, bus. Yeah. yeah. Do you have groupies? Um, yeah, and the places that we stay, like Las Vegas, Lake Tahoe, yeah, I would say there were groupies, yeah. Not just for him, I mean for you. Yeah. For uh, the band. Again, I'm going to have to go with the next question. Oh, <laughs> hey, they get the, the leftovers, say. man. Who cares? They just want to be in who show cares? business. It don't matter who. No, no, no. Really. Oh, we're dropping. Well, can't have Sammy. Now do the drum. Why not? There were the no drummer. leftovers for the young drummer. <laughs> okay. I swear to God, the I'm new the drummer. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> the young drummer Please was pretty popular. I'm the drummer, honest. 
Oh, um, man. But it, that's fine. But, the, yeah, I was going to say, early career, you were, you were a musician who, you know, and um, transitioned and became a cop and successful cop, 30-something years on the force, climbed the ladder, police chief, and then getting ready to retire. Now you're writing screenplays full-time. You've written just your fourth book. You had a movie. One of your screenplays turned into a movie. I mean, that's pretty successful. Well, one, that's of, one of the good. books. One, one of the books, books yeah. Into yeah. A, that's a pretty movie. good life. Yeah. That's a pretty good life. I think life. So. I've been, I really have been yeah. uh, blessed. I really and, have. And, been. And, 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 you yeah. know, but you know what? I tell people, again, you create your own, you create your success. You create yeah. your own Because it don't come to you. You got to go take it. You got to go take it. So I, I read somewhere one of the things on uh, Facebook, a meme, and it said, success is not owned. It's rented, and the rent is due every day. That's right. I like that. That's right. You, you got to pay the dues every day. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I always tell, we talk about it here all the time, the very variations of the definition of success. They've heard it, so they're bored with it. I said one of my favorite, it's my favorite now, and I change this often, is when preparation meets opportunity. That's success. Yeah. Because when you're prepared, you're ready, you've done your diligence, and you get that shot. Yeah. It's going to happen. That door opens. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you get, and you got to walk through it. Yeah. For me, this is success. You sitting well, here with, with you well, on your online I mean, show. For and my success, for me, it's like, ah. But, no, hey, for the big deal for me, honest. No. This is pretty no, cool. No, no, I'm very <laughs> fortunate. I got, you know, look, people always say, all right, for instance, okay, we're going to talk, and this is, it's a, this is what this show's about. I want a car. It's a conversation. I want people. To, I told what I was telling <laughs> Rick Webb, the show when it first was approached. Mike, I was saying, I want it to be a conversation between us or I guess whoever, and audiences over like they're leaning into mm-hmm. our, and here over here in our conversation. If we were in a restaurant, they're over here in our conversation. So this is that moment. And I was saying that, you know, uh, got a couple things in a hopper that we're looking to do. And, and and but the show I want you know and we but 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 this type of show I've been wanting to do is a storytelling sto- you know, show that's infor- information informative entertaining inspirational all these inclined but you know it, it, it's a message it's it's it's, it's mess you know I want like lessons to be learned sure and, you know there's a guy who count you you you're, you're, you you've been able to to transition to other things you know like myself i tried to, to do it i don't know how successful but i'm trying to you know and i had a guy i'm having a meeting friday next fight upcoming saturday cut to a sad transition mike yeah segue segue yes thank you fs1 i'm back on we're gonna be back in the game on our next fight fs1 this saturday night out of oxen hills maryland and um um wish you could um the main oh wale amatosa and brian Quintano fighting for the world junior middleweight title. Great fight. Both guys come forward. You're come and you're ringside on that. So I'll be doing right? commentary. Yes. Oh, so we're back. Nice. So, uh, uh, but one of the things is well, I'm having a meeting on Friday with some people coming in to about a meeting about a uh, project that I have, a screenplay that I own. And, you know, you, you gotta try to find money and people and it's hey, you know, sort of flying in. And what I'm saying is a guy said to me, and here's what reason I'm bringing this up. I'm going a long way, folks. I tell you, I go a long way. <laughs> it's going to be good. This better be good. I, I go by way of Sandusky to get to this story. Yeah. To, that he said, he said, one of the reasons I'm interested in meeting you, he said, he said, one, he said, the transi- you've made the transition. You were a good fighter. 
He said, now, he says, you've done movies. I've seen you do movies before you've done. He said, I'm interested because you've adapted yourself. You've made the transition. Mm -hmm. You've seemed able to do that. And I was very proud of it. And I'm mm -hmm. not trying, I'm just saying, because people, and I made the joke to him. And he said, well, I can assure you, I do not look at you as that. I said, I made the joke. I went into meetings and I go into auditions. I used to go into auditions and I go into meetings. But when I go into auditions, they say, oh, so you're the fighter that's uh, being, uh, you know, you're a fighter that's acting. Mm. And I said, a long time, I go and I go into meetings and I hear, I go, no, 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 no. Now when I go into meetings, I say, oh, you're a fighter, uh, fighter that's acting. I said, no, no, no. I'm the actor who fought. You used you to go. fight. There right. And I used to fight. Right. Mm -hmm. like and, he, and he said, that intrigued He said, when you told me, they said, I, because I, t you know, he said, that's what intrigues me and why I want to have this meeting. And I was very flattered and very honored. All I meant was you're able to transition. Look. Some successful, not so successful. I, look, I'm always searching to be. You, know, you keep, you keep busy. You keep, That's you keep it. searching. You gotta, you gotta another thing that. I heard: if you want to, if you want to get something done, and it seems counterintuitive, find a busy person to do it. Find a busy or, person or to get do involved it. with people smarter than you. Yes. which is what I try to do. Yeah. you know. But you know, I always tell people: there's three things in life you're doing: you're either moving forward, you're moving backward, or you're standing still. Two to three ain't good. Yeah. And in life, you got to be moving forward, man. I mean, it doesn't mean you won't get knocked back a couple of times, but that you move forward. And when you get knocked on your ass, you know, you hear the cliches, you get up, yeah. But when you get, yo, you got to get up. Yeah, but when you get up, what do you do? Move forward. Or you move them back or you do nothing. That You know, getting up, okay, then what? Then getting up is after you get up what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's three, what Three steps forward, <laughs> two steps back. Yeah. And in this business, you know, and it's a trend, you know, I've been in the business a long time and not where I want to be, where I want to be. And I, I tell this all the time why I came back to Youngstown to make it a production destination, to make us a area where people want to shoot instead of going to Cleveland. Cause, and we're not going to get the 150 million, 200 million dollar films. I tell you that. Pittsburgh or Cleveland is going to get that. But that one to 15, we're ideal for. One to $50 million dollar independent film, we're ideal for. Because we can give you everything that Cleveland Pittsburgh, but a much better price. Mm -hmm. And you know, the only thing really holds back is that we don't have the, the the hotels that they have or the big city entertainment that they have. But we got a lot of going on here, so that's the whole reason I came back. But things like what you're doing and stuff, that, that's it. it's to being able to make the transition. I think that intrigues people and why people want to get involved. And coming back, you're looking for people. I'm looking for local people who want to get involved with the entertainment business. I get involved, I tell people all the time, and Rick, you know as well as I do. Mike, we've talked about it. I tell you, there's three reasons. It's a sexy business. It's yeah. People want to be involved in a sexy business. I meet with real, you know, real, realtors all the time and guys who are Wall Street guys. And they say, because I want something different, man. What I do is not exciting. That's exciting. I would mm -hmm. like to try that. You know, and, and two, it's a sexy business. Two, you can make a ton of money, and you will. And they, it's very difficult to lose money now. Very difficult. And I don't mean to say, well, you got to be, it's, it's a business. It, there's so many distribution. There's uh, so many outlets. Uh, outlets now. Mm -hmm. You've got to be almost stupid. And I mean that because they need, they it's need a the numbers content. game. It's they a numbers game. Well, you got to got to have all oh, content is everything. Content is king. Mm -hmm. But if you have the story and you have the right, and if you're the producer, I, I like to think of the, the producer. I like to think I'm. It was you control where the narrative goes. In other words, you make it for a number, you sell it for a number. As simple as that. It's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, make the joke, but it's not a joke. If an ex pug like me gets it, it's not it's not rocket science. It's a numbers game, but you gotta have uh, the numbers. You gotta have some common sense, a business sense, but you gotta have 
human relations too, man. You got to be built, built on human relations. And people, some people come in the room, and they got no personality. Yeah, like right. Talking that, that's that a big part of it. And that's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, that chemistry. Course. So yeah. I was very flattered when the gentleman told me that <laughs> the transition. He was intrigued by uh, making a transition. That really intrigued me. And I don't know, you know, we'll make the, if we can make the do, we're hopeful, but they're interested, and I'm going to try to get this thing going. But that's what I'm saying. It's hard to get people. There's people out there. A lot of uh, people. A lot of people making money. I'm uh, making movies. You know, we just got to find that guy. Find them. Right. So you know, you you know, the, some of you come by, and if you got a good story, but it always about good, it's always yeah. about good stories. Yeah, you got to have the you got to have the writing first. That's gotta that's gotta be done. Well, you know, yeah. People always say to me, it's funny you said that, because Mike we always say, well, you know, who do you got? Yeah. I said, who do you want to hear? Yeah. And they go, well, I said, what do you want to hear? Is that about Pacino? You get out Pacino, I said, sure, why not? Robert De Niro, sure, I get, you get De Niro, I said, sure, why not? I bought Pacino and De Niro together. Because what I tell you right now is all bullshit. It don't mean nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's all, until you have the story, until you have the script to get actors attached, until the story is written, it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's all content is king. It's in them. Because if I don't get Pacino and I don't get De Niro, I'll, maybe I get Hoffman. Get you know Robert Duvall. Somebody's going to do that because that's a good script. Mm -hmm. If it's the script that valuable, valuable, it's that good. It's all that. So I mean, it's it's just it, it drives me nuts. You know, it's always by who can you get. It don't matter who can get now. Mm -hmm. Once you have a good story, you you will be able to you will turn on guys you never thought you'd be. You'll get guys you never thought you can get, and you have to turn them yeah. down. I think the average person has no idea no. about what goes uh, into a, get, a movie a getting movie. made. Huh. You know, I, and I, how I know I don't. And everything uh, you do, how, how you give up your 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 rights uh, as a, if your if your property's option, you may right. give up certain or, rights. Or, and what do you have to do? How without, much time it takes? Rick and, and Rick, and more than anything, what do you have to do without selling your soul? Yeah, because yeah. your souls are put into that script, and they and, think you're and, making millions and millions oh, of dollars. Oh, you know, when no, I hear that, I hear that, I laugh. Yeah, I yeah, laugh. Yeah. People, I mean, no man, you know, people want millions and millions for a story, like. Like if my like they're talking about the book, the good son did well. I've been approached about doing a movie based on the documentary. <laughs> I told him, Rick Day, I said, I, I've been approached. You know, so a classic was interested. I don't know if I'm interested. Why? Because that's as good as it gets, baby. I think that's as good as it got. I love that. I love the documentary. But I'm sure I, there are some people who just chase the dollars. And but but right? yeah, sure. but, but you also but if your name, it's your statement, your story. Sure. But he said it could make you anything you want it there. They yeah. can make me wear, you know, tutus and, you know, and, and wear, you know, <laughs> and drag oh, queen. Oh, can, because they're in charge. Because, exactly. Once you sell it, you sell it, you sell it, you have no control over it after that. You like that. They do going to stick to what the content is. You like it, but that's not the fact. So, yeah. you know, you're right. That's what I'm saying. If you're chasing no money buck, then that's part of the deal. You, you sell your soul, and then you find it, and whatever comes out, it comes yeah. out of it. It's just the nature of the business. But um, Hey, let me ask you one more thing, and then he'll probably wrap it up. But do you ever get shot? You ever no. shoot anybody? No, N no. Thank God, never shot anybody. Never, uh, never was at. shot at. No, no. No gun battle or anything like that. No, had guns and cars. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that that you really? always think that that's a possibility, uh, but fortunately, never had a gun pulled on me. You know, I worked in a suburb of, of yeah, you know, a little nicer area. And, and, yeah, with lower lower crime low crime rate. Um, Only takes one though. Well, that's you know? that's true, and I was <laughs> I was fortunate in in, in that regard. Yeah. Well, but guys coming from the city, they ain't going in the city. They're coming to the burbs looking for. Yeah, they might yeah. be driving through. You don't know. Mayfield Road's a long road. Yeah, the freeway two seventy one. Sure. Yeah. sure. 
All right. That was it. Anyhow, Sorry. Uh, Rick, I've got to get you back, man. We've got to get you back. There's so much more I want to talk to you about. Talk about the books again. But for right now, the newest book called Bombs, Bullets, and Bribes, the story of uh, Shonda Burns, Alex Shonda Burns. Real character, man. Real yeah, character. Yeah. And you talk <laughs> the hierarchy of the Jewish mob from the beginning. All of you know about Arnold Rothstein, Hyman Roth. Was he really no, public enemy number one? Hyman was. Uh, Hyman Roth was bailed after yeah. Art, Arnold Rust. Was, was he really public enemy number one? He was at one time, yeah, during yeah. the 30s and 40s. That's pretty good. Say, yeah. Or bad, uh, I mean, depending. Yeah. It's uh, a big deal, uh, I guess is what I'm saying. It was, it was his reputation. I uh, meant Hyman Roth was based yeah, after basic, Arnold Rusting. Yeah. But Marlansky, mm -hmm. Mo Dellitz, yeah. um, Shonda Burns. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the great. Jewish, uh, uh, I mean, there's uh, uh, Abby Zulman from New York. Oh, there, there's a ton of them, so and, many, and, um, and ones that were higher in the in the hierarchy uh, than Shonder Burns. But Shonder Burns was was, was, was more. He was just a bigger than life character. And like I said, there's there's so much diversity. How, with how did he die? He he. Uh, okay, spoiler alert. Here. Oh, is this uh, at the end of the book? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I don't care. I, look, <laughs> so people tell me, I don't want to know. I'm going to tell you who did it. Just to, what well, you, you guys did. You take, pages, the, ride. You take the ride to see how they got there. I'm, okay. I'm lucky to get a golf magazine remember? on the you plane. You can remember. You know yeah. you got it, but how did they get it? All right, so go ahead. Spo spoiler alert. Okay, he, he was blown up at 25th in Detroit on the west side. Of like Florida. in a car? Like one of those car in, bombs? In a car, yeah. Uh, bomb cool. was probably put under his car, and he was blown to, to smithereens. Bits, to blown to smithereens. Not, not like I mean, it was overkill, like yeah. a huge bomb for a yeah, little car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody wanted him well, gone. Do go. we know who? Eight. Yeah, uh, we do. But uh, you got to in the book. Read the gotta, book. You got to read the book. I didn't know if it was a mystery. Mike, or not. And remember too, you know, <laughs> the, he was portrayed in Kill the Irishman, the movie, by Christopher Walken, which you is kind of cool. Burns? Christopher Walken played Shonda Burns oh, in the movie Kill the Irishman. That. Yeah, I didn't realize. Which is kind of kind of a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, you get a major star like that, yeah. playing and and, and and Hell's Angels are involved. Uh, you got FBI informants. Uh, you got Greek gambling operators. Did you guys have the yeah, Greek coffee yeah, house? What yes. Is the? Yeah, there's Greek operating house around there. There's two brothers that were big. Uh, yeah, two, yeah. Big, uh, so there, there's <laughs> a, there's just a, a lot of uh, there's some some uh, main f uh, female characters too. Some uh, so so we hmm. think it's got it's got all the right parts. Who's the main female in the in the on the killed Irishman? That would have been Danny's uh, wife and then Danny's yeah, young it? girlfriend. Uh, Laura Ramsey played the girlfriend and Linda Cardellini played uh, the Linda wife. Linda a good actress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like yeah, her. Now yeah. You know who Linda, she is. <laughs> no, I know because she, I said, look it up. She was played. She was on uh, Two and a Half Men for a long time. She played Charlie Sheen's uh, girlfriend there a long time. Okay. She, oh, yeah, Linda she, Cardellini. She, the dark hair one? Dark hair guy. She yeah, I knew dark, that. She was, no, she was not She played uh, Scooby-Doo. Uh, oh, there you go. The characters. But not, can't but think of the characters. Well, name, but. Yeah. Where did you play? Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that you were dad. Well, a lot of kids. A lot of kids in order. Yeah. That's fine. But you're the good actress. But uh, you had to It's just, anytime you get a film made, it's so, it's, 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 because you never get paid back. You know, people always say, what do you make? The years you put out, the years of money you put yeah. out, mm -hmm. forget about it. It never gets paid. But it's about seeing it from, but when you see it go from script, I mean, word to page, page to script, script to film, 
not, no, no greater feeling. Yeah, fantastic it's it's accomplishment. You created, and, uh, you created something. Sen all, a sense of accomplishment, yeah. 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 Rick, uh, I wrote that. We got to have you back, my brother. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Time. Good to see you. Your time. Uh, Rick Perello. Really good. Thank Great to meet Rick you. Rick Perello. Yeah. Now, how can I get these books? Can I go to the store or can I hire them? You, you can get them at or through any bookstore that orders new books or, of course, online. online. I, I, I'd rather, you know, see people go to their neighborhood bookstore I would too. and order but, it. But, but, but if for whatever reason, you know, a lot of them are shut down or... Not as many. I mean, there's a Barnes and Noble basically everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. But Barnes and Noble, uh, they <laughs> might have it in stock, or they get ordered. They get ordered. They could have it delivered to the house. So again, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, the first one, I'm going to go back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go move on. The first one was uh, the rise and fall of the Cleveland Mafia, corn, sugar, and blood. Mm -hmm. Second one was to kill the Irishman, the war that crippled the mafia. Story of Danny Green, and made into a motion picture. And Super Thief, a master burglar, the mafia, the big and the biggest bank heist in U.S. history, based after uh, a real guy, Phil Christopher, Phil out of Christopher, Cleveland, right? From Cleveland, right? Yep. In development, in advanced development right. for film. And uh, right now, and he worked with some local guys here too. Yeah, the Denzio brothers, Denzio brothers and, yeah. uh, whole crew, Youngstown yeah. crew, Cleveland. He was part crew. of the thing when they when they when they robbed the the uh, Nixon's bank. Well, the, yeah, they were going to hit Nixon's bank, and they got smart. They decided not to. Well, not to hit it, that. Christopher's part of. Well, yeah. Laguna Niguel. It was Laguna the Niguel. Bank yeah, of no, California. No, no, they robbed it. They did rob it. The the Digital Brothers robbed it, and and they got the money, and they got got jammed up, and they went away for that. But yeah. they kept they were able to keep the money because the when they went over to the president, because you know what the, you know what that was about was the president Richard Nixon taking all the money from the. Um, the uh, dairy, dairy, dairy farmers, farmers. yeah, dairy farmers. Like a, slush, a slush, big, fund. Mm. slush fund, and he put it in yeah. this big money in the bank, and they took Miguel. it, and he got they robbed. So what was the president going to say? Oh, they they were going to uh, come out. How yeah. could it? How could it come on public knowledge? Everything he yeah. took it stole from the president. What the, what's the president got the money in there for? Yeah, hey, if was, you need like when you're doing these uh, screenplays and stuff, and you need a newscaster to kind of talk about what's going on in the news, did you have someone in mind? I'd be glad to help. I'd be glad You'd to be help. glad to help me find like somebody, somebody? or just one person, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I know a guy. I know a guy. Lauren, yeah. <laughs> we'll have Lauren do it. Hey, Lauren, Lauren could do it. I'm just saying, if I you never met Lauren, if you need a Mom, guy, yeah. you know, Anyhow. I'd love to perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get your card. That'd Is be cool. It? We'll call you. Don't call. We'll call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they give you a typical no calls. We'll call you. Nice. Call. nice. I don't Mike. Is it? Hey, Mike. No, no. He's done. He's good. He's terrific. He's got. You know, hey, when I first met him, I, thought, I don't think. It, and we I probably first, will. We you know what's the most this least? Guy's be a star. You got a face for radio. Uh, <laughs> you know what the least but flattering thing in the world is to get a SAG award when you're my age. So <laughs> that's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why does anybody use that joke ever? There you go. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope uh, you enjoyed it. If you do, please, we'd like to hear from you on our Facebook and our Facebook page, Raise Boom Boom Room. Tell us what you thought of our guests. Tell us any future suggestions. Uh, I, one of my favorite shows, Honest to God, Rick. I, you, you, oh, you're, terrific, you're terrific. Thanks, and we're going to have you back. And we're gonna, thank you, Jan. And, um, hey, before we go, go on, please. Um, Sunrise Inn, thank you for sponsoring the show. Yes, I, I, he hasn't the been best. there. He hasn't I'm been there. I'm not the best at this. I forget my sponsors. Well, and we want to mention us. The next, yeah, the next I, I, show, gotta, Rick. Gotta the have. next show is this 100th show. So oh. we're having people. This is 99. It's 99. We're on 99. So if I people want to uh, ask questions, they can go to the Facebook page or whatever. Yes, ask questions. We'll answer the on the next show. The 100th show is going to be basically a. We're going to be eating on. Well, we thought we were, but maybe not now. Oh, may have to go get a different guest. I thought we were. The burger guys in or out, John? 
They're out. Burger guys are out. Oh. Why don't we have our own damn burgers? What do we need them for? I will order for somebody in the area and have yeah. food brought in. We'll have that. Some sunrise in. We thought we were going to have yeah, what? pizza, you know, man, man. Right. bring some Dave's little cosmic couple of things. Could you bring us some subs? Bring some, some cosmic subs? Could you bring oh, a few maybe subs? Maybe I could do that. That maybe would I be could, nice. That maybe on the way in. I could do that. All I right. can do that. All right. Uh, have you uh, had them? Uh, They're in Hudson. Too. Uh, Dave's no, Cosmo. No, they, there's one in I think uh, Chagrin Falls. So, oh, Chagrin yeah. Falls, yes, that's a, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. that's where the originals from Dave's, and we got one in Canfield, Ohio. Here, okay. On Clanford. Well, I would have loved to have been at that show, but, but uh, Ray did. Well, buy you me come lunch. back. He did buy me. Wait lunch. a minute, we don't have a guest. Yeah. We don't <laughs> you, have, if you want to come back, hey, on call. and you bring lunch, uh, we we're cool with it. We can do a roundup of all a real smorgasbord of questions and guests. That'd be great. All right, I'm good. Anyhow, next week. Oh, you know what? Next week, I may not be here. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is next week's the 100th show? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be. Well, it's supposed to be. But since we, we, we just now, the we, next yeah, one is well, the 100th well, show. Li- well, uh, if it, <laughs> I just realized that. Good thing we're to see on here. That's what you don't know. But to having this stuff live, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I just realized he I may, may not, not be here for the 100th show. show. So we may have to put the 100th show two weeks from now. But. Uh, check online on Facebook. Raise ba- uh, raise ba- uh, boom raise boom boom room. I don't know. Raise boom boom room on Facebook Live. Facebook on Facebook. Just check it out. We'll put it on social media if we're gonna have it next week. Um, but I may not be here because of uh, of of a new thing that's come up. Prior engagement. Prior, well, that wasn't prior. It's just prior brand as of like last night. Engagement. So yeah, okay. something brand new engagement, oh, but that's but it's night. necessary. It's a necessarily. I understand. I gotta go on. So, but if not, I'll be back. But if not, you'll hear about it on Facebook Live or our Facebook our Facebook page, and then back in two weeks, and we'll celebrate our hundredth. Then, how's that? Fine. Okay, that's fine. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Again, Friday, this coming Saturday night uh, from Oxen Hills, Maryland. I'll be on uh, FS1. The show starts at uh, 10 o'clock East Coast time. And um, we will be watching uh, uh, Wale Amatosa and Brian Catano uh, fight for the super middleweight title. Boom, there. there you go. Done. All right, until next time, take care of each other, love each other, good night, and God bless.